So, yes, uh, last week, Kevin started preaching this series called The Basics. Um, and so what happened was I left out of church and uh, my wife would tell you, I probably got on her nerves. She's in the, in the Kingdom Kids this morning, so she's not here to testify. But what happened was I immediately went back to my childhood um, and, and I started thinking about the basics. Pastor Kevin talked about how um, he, he talked, he used the analogy or the example about Caden and Kobe and their soccer. And he talked about how at practice they were doing the basics. And then uh, Chris brought in a professional soccer player and he literally just went over the basics again. And so I went back to my childhood and I, I asked myself, I said, what were some of the basic things that my grandparents taught me um, that, that allowed me to become who I am today? And so I grew up in an era where my grandmothers, they loved music. They had one of those, um, how, it, it was this huge record player. It was about, it was about this wide and it had these built-in speakers and you lift the lid and you put it on there and you play it. Some of you guys probably, yeah. Some of y'all may still have some. <laughs> but but so so music was fundamental. Like we loved music. Uh, and, and so I immediately started just thinking about music and different things that I was taught and different things that I was I, I was raised up on. And um, I remember going to church and I shared this earlier with the elders group as we were praying this morning. Uh, we would always talk about my grandmother would talk about the blood of Jesus. You know, she would always talk about the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And uh, she would talk about how much power there was in the blood. And uh, she was talking about. So I started hearing all these old songs. So all week long, I was uh, riding. And I was listening to the song. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, something so basic. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oftentimes we'll find ourselves in a place where we feel like we're all by ourselves. You know, we'll feel like we have nobody to talk to. We'll find we'll feel like we have nobody we can turn to. Uh, but that song was a reminder that what a friend we have in Jesus. It doesn't just say that Jesus is our friend, all right? When you take it in the context in which the song was written, by it simply by it, it, it specifically saying what a friend, it implies that Jesus isn't an ordinary friend, right? Some of you guys may have friends you can call them for certain things and they'll do them, but then when you reach past that threshold and you need something else, they'll kind of well. I'm not sure if I can help you. Maybe you should call so-and-so. But the songwriter, he experienced Jesus in such a way that everything that he ever needed, he could find it in Jesus. So he began to pin these lyrics that said, what a friend. Think about that for a minute. What a friend. When you're all by yourself, what a friend. When, you, when you've made a mistake, he hasn't turned his back on you. What a friend. When when you were sick and your body was racking with pain, you heard Natalie's testimony when you were in a place where you were trying to figure this thing out and he gave you peace and he comforted you. What what a friend. You know, you lost your job and you're trying to figure out how you're gonna make it from one month to one month, but then some kind of way something happens and you begin to look up towards the heavens and you say, Man, what a friend. I wish I had some people that could testify that Jesus is a friend. So, so I want to do something real quick because, uh, you know, um, you know, we talk all the time about you have not because you act not. So I'm the type of preacher that I really need help. Right. And so I remember growing up, I remember we, we were in church. They would always shout amen. And I remember I got older. I began to read and realize that the word amen means I agree. Right. And so when I 
put went back to church the next Sunday, um, every time the pastor said certain things that resonated, if it resonated with them, it was okay for them to testify and agree by saying amen. So we're going to try this over a little bit. So anytime Pastor D preaches, it is okay. <laughs> it is okay for you to testify. So if Jesus has been a friend to you, and I'm talking about you have stories that you hadn't even shared with anybody, but you know that it was nobody but the friend of Jesus that did it for you. So now when we start talking about what a friend we have again, if, if, if he's really been a friend to you, I dare you shout amen when I come down your road. Is that all right? Can we do that? All right. So 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 if you've been sick and you've been in a place where you thought that it was almost over, but some kind of way you found peace come over your body and you took and you. Yeah. See, somebody started saying amen before I finish. But 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 I'm telling you guys what a friend we have. What a friend we have. The lyrics of that song said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. <laughs> Think about this for a minute. Oh, what peace. And I'm going to go to the church. But what peace we often forfeit. You know, I played sports in school and, and a forfeit is when you just say, well, you know what? We give up. We lost. You win. How many times have we forfeited the peace that God has for us? How many times we've we forfeited the blessings that God has for us simply because we haven't carried everything to God in prayer? Think about how much more your life could be if you would if you would have taken every situation that weighed you down. Yeah, see, you testifying by waving. If you would have taken every one of those issues and brought them to him in prayer. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the blood for just a few minutes, um, and then we're going to talk about um, the name of Jesus. So there's a slide. But before we talk about um, the blood of Jesus, we're going to talk about this slide. Pull that slide up. That's what we're going to talk about. Y'all don't want to talk about that? <laughs> we're, going to talk, we're going to talk about this. Is that cool? Because that's complicated. That's Greek. So we look at that. We're like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to talk about that. I don't know what that is. But if we translate it and make it basic, it simply means the blood of Jesus. So if you want to know, I, I, I listen, I practiced for like five days and I still didn't feel confident saying my big brother. He can say it. He got excited about it because he knew exactly what that was when the slide came. See, so I'm grateful that I have a big brother that can balance me out. I have no idea of Greek and Hebrew and all that, but he got excited. And so we're talking about the blood of Jesus. Oftentimes, oftentimes in our lives, we make things more complicated than they have to be. And in life, sometimes the things that we deal with, the struggles that we have, we make them so much more complicated than they have to be. I could have just simply said, Chris Eifert, can you make me a black and white slide that says the blood of Jesus? And it would have been easy. He wouldn't even have to do spell check. Because <laughs> I messed with him. I said, I said, don't Google it either. He said, well, I had to Google it to make sure I spelled it right. He could have just simply said the blood of Jesus, and that would have been it. So think about your life 
as it relates to those that that one example. How have you made your life more complicated like that than it's had to be? How much more complicated? Because if you think about the basics of the word, the word isn't very complex. Jesus, when he talked about the parables, he said, if there's any that are naked and need food, you feed them, you clothe them. That's it. He didn't say, well, pull out your Excel spreadsheet. Go to the budgeting tab down on the bottom. But before you go there, look at your expenses and then your incomes tab and uh, look at those numbers to see if you have uh, a reserve. And then if you have a reserve, then you come back over here to the naked and hungry man and then you feed him. He just simply said, if there's somebody naked, if there's somebody hungry among you, you feed them. Because I believe he was making it simple because if we stick to the basics of what God has called us to stick to, then we'll be able to get the things that God has promised us. <laughs> the, the, the basic says, uh, if you cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you, he'll show up. The word says that if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anoint thy head with oil and pray, and then God will show up. These are basic things. He said, if you give, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and runneth over. That man will give unto you out of their books. So these are basic things. But sometimes we think that it has to be more complicated. The Old Testament, the Old Testament, I told you we we're going to go into the word. The Old Testament, it talks about sacrifices that were made. Me and Kevin, we, we preached the last couple of weeks. We talked about how God has uh, allowed us the fire to come and we're the sacrifice. And we talked about how there were animal sacrifices. Jeff, uh, Chris was telling us about that deer that was hanging up. And, and he was talking about how the guys were stripping this deer down. And he said, man, I started thinking about so many sacrifices of the Old Testament that had to be made. When wrong happened, when sin happened, there had to be a sacrificial offering. There, there had to be a sacrifice. An animal had to be sacrificed if there was a sin that happened. And so now I began to think about this thing, and I said, well, if an animal had to be sacrificed in the old covenant, well, Jesus, what about the new covenant? What, what about the new covenant? If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6. Verse number 51. And while you're flipping, I, I want to talk about something real quick. See, Dr. Mike, I know this will make you proud. See, blood is made up of four elements. There's, there's red blood cells. There's white blood cells. And there's, there's platelets. And there's plasma, right? You're eating the meditation of my heart. <laughs> and so with this blood, I, I started thinking and I was like, well, you know, I know O is supposed to be a pretty, you know, outstanding, you know, type of blood because it can do certain things that A and B can't do. Right. But then I said, OK, well, if O is such a, an amazing. I don't even know my blood type. Forgive me. But if, if O is such an amazing blood type, what will happen? I'm just thinking out loud. What will happen, Miss Betty, if. We do a blood transfusion and we give the person the wrong blood. 
Not good. Not good. It'll be a life. Um, uh, it, it'll be a life-altering experience, possibly lead to even death. And so I started thinking about how the blood of the Old Testament, they, they, they shed these animals' blood, and it was supposed to take away sin. And then I started thinking about our blood that we have running through our veins. And I'm like, okay, God, but all of us have different types of blood. And he was like, yeah, because that blood really don't matter. That blood really doesn't matter. It's essential to carry oxygen throughout your body. It's essential to make sure that the bad parts get out. It is essential to do all these things. But the fact of the matter is if you really want to know what blood you really need to have. John chapter 6. There's a conversation that's happening. Verse 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is, is of my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then he went on and said this. He said, Jesus said, verily I say unto you, unless you eat uh, the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, then you have no life in you. So Jesus now, later on, when you, when you start talking about the Last Supper, he was talking. He said, now, take and eat this bread. It's, it's going to be a symbol of my body that's going to be broken and bruised for you. Take and eat. And then he started talking about this blood. He said, now, this blood, I, I, I got to dig a little bit deeper because uh, maybe uh, you, you haven't had to really use the power of the blood yet. But, but, but the blood, he began to speak, and he said, uh, uh, Lucius, he said that without the shed blood of Christ, there is no forgiveness of sin. He began to say, he said, if you take, you got to drink this blood because this blood is going to cleanse you. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm honest with myself and I know that I've made mistakes, so I'm grateful for the blood. I'm grateful because when you look at how sacrificial uh, offerings were made, they, there was an offering after offering after offering that happened under the law. But Jesus said, I've come that I might fulfill the law. And part of fulfilling the law was I'm going to pour out my blood. And when I pour out my blood this time, it's going to cover you. It's going to cleanse you because there's power in this blood, not oh, but there's power in the blood of Jesus that has the ability to remove every sin. And so when you go through this thing in life, you have to make sure that you always have an understanding, appreciation for the blood of Christ. Because if the blood of Christ didn't shed, there would be no forgiveness of sin. And so many times we get so complicated with our theology and our Christianity that we forget about the basic things that tell us that the reason why we're able to be here is simply because he hung out on Calvary and he shed his blood for us. So he, he, he said, now, unless you drink this blood, there, there is no life in you. Eternal life only comes through the blood of Christ Jesus. The only way you can get it is if his blood was shed. And we know that out on Calvary's cross, he hung, he bled, and he died. And because of that, I'm grateful. I, I remember Pastor Kevin, a, a song, my, and I, I'm not going to sing it because I, I'm not as gifted as Chris. But listen to this song. This is a song that my grandmother used to sing when I was a young boy that taught me the importance of the basics. Andrea, you remember this. It says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then this is the part that my grandmother used to get emotional at. She said, oh, how precious is the flow. Now, think about this. She understood that it was precious because had it not came, things wouldn't be the same. But she said, oh, how precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. And then she would say this. She said, no other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then the last part, she would say, this is all my hope and my peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We are made righteous because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, you may be cool. You may be doing everything that you can to be the right, righteous person that you can. But you can't be righteous enough. It's only because of the blood of Christ Jesus that you can call yourself righteous because he's died for us. So when I hear songs like this, Molly, I, I, I get excited and I go back to my childhood because she didn't talk about the, the exegeting texts and all this kind of hermeneutics and all this kind of systematic theology. And she, she didn't, it, all that mattered to her was the blood of Jesus, because she knew that if I had the blood of Jesus, I had everything that I need. So ask the person next to you, do you know how important it is? Oh, come on. Ask him. Do you know how important it is? I said, you, you, you got to talk with me. Do you know how important it is? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I, I want you to do a self-check real quick. And, and I want you to, to ask yourself, when was the last time I really thought about the blood of Jesus? I, I get so caught up in everything else, but this basic fundamental. I can't even remember the last time I thought about it. Because if you're not careful, you'll move and time will take you to a place where you begin to forget the basics. And Kevin said something a few minutes ago. He said, when you stop doing the things that you know you should be doing, it's time to get back to the basics. And see, let me tell you something about understanding the basics of the blood of Jesus. If, if, if you understand the basics of the blood of Jesus and you have an appreciation for it, then you realize his sacrifice that he made. You can't take it for granted. You, you, you can't take it for granted that somebody would go come down 42 generations. He would go on a rugged cross. He would go first through a trial that he shouldn't have went through, but he would be found guilty for the behalf of us. He would hang there. And when they said, if you are who you say you are, why don't you call down angels to save you? But yet he stayed there. He stayed there because he realized that at some point, hopefully. Hopefully society or mankind will come to a place that they're turned from their wicked ways and realize that I am the way the truth and the light. And because I know a sacrifice needs to be made, I'm going to make the sacrifice regardless if they take advantage of it or not. Okay. I'm just talking about the blood of Jesus. And then there was another thing that my grandmother would talk about when I was a young boy. She would talk about the name. She would talk about the name of Jesus. There, there was a song she would hum sometimes. She would Talk about this song that simply says there's something about the name Jesus. 
And we would just be riding sometimes, and sometimes I could see this, this look on her face like she was thinking about something or there was something she had to take care of. But every time she got to that place, she was almost like Natalie. When Natalie said, I start to feel something, and I, I call out, my grandmother would say, there's something about the name Jesus. There, there, there's something about the name Jesus. And she would get, sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would walk into her bedroom and she would just simply be saying that word over and over again. Jesus. 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 And I, and I didn't understand it as a child, so I, I, I didn't have an appreciation for it. But as I grew up and I began to have a high school age daughter, I use it a whole lot now. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Because I realized that he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the light. I, I was looking at something the other day, Molly, and I, I was just thinking about the power that's in his name. And as I began to think about the power in his name, I, I was reminded of a story. <laughs> and, and I kind of laugh. If you read the Bible, not from a context of just like something that you just have to do. But if you if you place yourself in the Bible and you you just read the stories and you listen to them and you try to feel and soak up everything that's in there, you you'll get a different appreciation for it. But there was a conversation that happened. And, and when this conversation happened, let me let me pull it up for you. It was funny because I'm like, OK, who, who, who is he talking about? What what are they talking about? But they started talking about the name of Jesus. He said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? And I, I'm, I'm just walking with them at this time. And I, I, I hear him. He said, now, now, Jesus, I know. And I even know Paul, but, 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 but who are you? And I'm thinking, man, why is it that a demon, why is it that a demon knows the name of Jesus? Out of all the names, how is it that this demon recognizes who Jesus is? And then I began to ask a little deeper, Brantley. I began to say, okay, but, but, but he even said he knows Paul. And so what happened was I started researching it. And when I read the scripture above that, because you can't just read one verse and live, guys. So if you're just reading one verse and closing your Bible and going about your day, that's why the devil beating you up. But, but so I'm, I'm sitting here reading this and he says, he says, Paul, I know, and, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? And I'm, I'm like, OK, so let me do a little more reading. So as I'm reading, it said that Paul was doing things that were so amazing and he was he was working and being so obedient to God. It said that he could touch a handkerchief. And somebody else would walk by and pick up that same handkerchief and they'd be healed. Jeez. And so I started thinking, I was like, OK, so those that do the work of the Lord or the ones that he knows. Okay, this right here should really help somebody. Let me do this first. Let's do a, a, a fact check. Anybody going through something they feel like the devil's messing with them? Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand high now because this right here is going to free you. All right. Now put your hand down. I was thinking about this, Miss Ann, and I'm like, okay. So those that are doing the work of the Lord, he knows them. Because he specifically said he knows Paul simply because of the work that he was doing. Okay, see, y'all should have been y'all should have been excited right now. 
everybody that raised their hand, they should have been. A, that was permission for you to get excited right at that moment. And the reason why it was permission for you to get excited, watch this, was simply because the only people whose names he didn't know was the people that wasn't doing anything. Oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. So, so, so therefore, if he doesn't know your name, he ain't going to bother you. So, so, so if he's bothering you, he must know your name. He must know your future. Okay, okay, he must know your future. And so, therefore, if he knows your future, then he's going to bother you because he can't let you walk in the fullness of who God has called you to be. So, therefore, he says, I have to mess with you because watch this. The Old, the New Testament. If it wasn't for Paul, many of the books we wouldn't even read. Okay, 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 okay. Let me try to help you. If, if, if it wasn't for Christ, none of us would be saved. So if I can put it in context as I get ready to go, I have to let you understand something. If you do what God has called you to do and you walk in obedience of God, he's going to open your heart. He's going to open your mind. He's going to open up your gifts. He's going to open up your talents. And when he opens up these things, you're going to change the world. Now, for the 10% of you that didn't clap because I used the word world. <laughs> because, see, some people, they, they get excited. Then when you start talking about big stuff, they be like, nah, he ain't talking about me. <laughs> How many of you know, watch this, your world could be that you change this person's life, watch this, and then that person is the one that's been called to a big stage. Okay, okay, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. What if, 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 if I'm obedient to God and I pour into this one child who was forgotten, neglected, and forsaken, but if I pour into him, what if he's gifted? What if he's talented? What if he's anointed to stand on stages that will change the foundation of the world? I don't know about you, but I just believe that makes me a world changer also. So, so what I'm telling you is this, what I'm telling you is this, what I'm telling you is this, you are bigger than who you say you are. You are bigger than what you think you are. God has tremendous plans for you. But if you forget the basics of who he is, you can never walk into the fullness, watch this, of who you are. Because in order for me to be able to stand here knowing the baggage that I had, I have to know that the blood of Jesus cleansed me. Okay, okay, let me try to help somebody. You may be there, and, and your story may be, watch this, and, and, and if this is you, you don't have to say amen on this part. I don't want nobody in your business. You may be sitting in front of me, and, and your story may be a former drug addict. You may be sitting in front of me, and, and your story may have been that, that you had an abortion as a teenager. Your, your story may be, if you're sitting in front of me or watching online, that uh, I, I had an addiction to something. Your story may be, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, gluttony is my thing. What, whatever it may be. You may be sitting here and have some type of shame and fear and condemnation on top of you. And watch this. If you're not careful, and I'm gonna go, I'll give you one other verse to free you from that and we'll get ready to go. But if you're not careful... You will allow what you know about yourself. Watch. Oh, God. You allow what you know about yourself to stop you from becoming who you should be. OK, I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Don't allow the stuff that you know about yourself. Oh, I said the back. The stuff about that you know about yourself to stop you from becoming who you know you should be. 
Okay, see, 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 one person in the back raise their hand. Because I'm going to tell you something about condemnation. Condemnation has a way of coming in and sitting on you so heavy that the moment you try to stand up and walk, it'll weigh you back down. That's what the blood is for. Okay, 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 okay. That's what the blood is for. The fact that the blood covered me, it cleansed me. So, so I can walk in peace knowing everything that I've done wrong, knowing that I know the blood of Christ Jesus and know that I'm cleansed by his blood. I can walk and I can walk in the righteousness of who I am because of who he is. See, that's why you got to know this basic stuff. So when somebody brings up your past this week, how's she up there singing? And she Because I know the basics of the blood. And he trying to tell me something and he's been divorced twice because I know the power of the. OK, OK. How, how can he begin to testify? And I know he still because I know the power of the blood. Because see, when you read the scripture and I'm not going to give you all because it'll be too easy. We try to push you to read for yourself. But when you know the power of the scripture, it says this. It talks about a separation. In, in, in Ephesians 2 and 13. It says, watch this, but now in Christ Jesus, who we were, watch this, once far off from, we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. I was once far from him, but the blood. I, I was, you know, the old church, and I, I'm telling you, I, I'm probably going to be on this for the whole series, this, this old school hymnal type thing. But there was another hymn that I, they would sing at the old church that I was a part of. It would say, I was sinking. No, not that one, but watch this. I was sinking far from the peaceful shore, sinking to rise no more. <laughs> but the master of the sea, he heard my cry. And now safe am I. When you know that the blood was shed for you, look, he, he died for you. Listen, he died for you. This gospel isn't for Pastor D, Pastor Kevin. This gospel is for every last person that's under the sound of my voice sitting here and that are watching my way of live stream. He made a per- listen, because I, I, I really I really want you to get this if you get nothing else. He made a personal somebody say personal sacrifice for me. Now, if you notice, you didn't say Pastor D. You said for me. What he did on Calvary's cross was for me. It was for me. And that me isn't me. It's you. He shed his blood because the Bible tells us that there is no forgiveness of sin without the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So he shed his blood. But then there was another part of the equation. And this part of the equation, believe it or not, it's not complicated either. Let me help you with it. And then we'll get ready to go home. It's simple. It says, if you declare with your mouth. That Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And watch this. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between the drug addict and the business owner. There's no difference between the adulterer and the person that serves in church faithfully. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no difference in the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And for everyone who calls, watch this, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might, not could be, not maybe, not possibly, not after they clean themselves up, will be. But Pastor D, you said the name of Jesus, but right here it says the name of the Lord. Okay. The Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All one. So if you call upon his name, you shall be saved. And the reason why I talked about the blood first is because condemnation has to die under the blood. Hear what I'm getting ready to say. This is the teaching part. Condemnation has to die under the blood. You can profess the name of Jesus Christ, but if you haven't fully understood the blood, then condemnation will still have a way of knocking on your door. And when it knocks on your door, you'll begin to doubt some of the things that you believe. But the blood says it's a finished work. It's done. I don't care if they remind you. I shed my blood. And when I shed my blood, I fulfilled the law. And now that the law is fulfilled, we're good. And my prayer is that at some point this week it'll sink in because I believe that's the problem. I believe the problem is we come to know Christ, but we don't come to know the basic. And so then when the adversary tries to come and attack us, we can't fight back because we don't have the proper warfare. That's why my grandmother used to say this all the time. Plead the blood. Plead the blood over it. You're going through something. Plead the blood over it. Something's happening. Plead the blood over it. Because she understood the basic principles of the blood. She understood that if the blood touched it, it was taken care of. So my prayer is this. As we go through these next couple of weeks, and you hear us talk about basic things, you add it to your repertoire. You add it to what you have. You don't be like, some of us, women, forgive us, trust us, we're going to come back to it. That tool's on sale at Lowe's. We don't need a bandersaw, but Jeff is on sale, <laughs> so we're going to get it. No, we don't have a point for it, purpose for it today, but at some point, we're going to need a bandersaw, and we're going to be able to go to the garage, and we're going to be able to grab it, and we're going to be able to use it. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. You know Christ. You love Christ. That's great. But if you haven't understood the power of the blood that he shed for you, it's something that you need to get to know. 
because there's no condemnation that can withstand the blood. Mm. That was a text message from heaven. There is no condemnation that can withstand the power of the blood. So whatever's condemning you, whatever's keeping you up at night, whatever's causing you to think that you can't live again, I dare you plead the blood. And for those of you that have kids and you have a male figure that's been a part of that kid's life when they went out there and got hurt, Kevin, I'm sure Lucius probably said this to you. Just put some dirt on it. It'll be all right. Put some blood on it. It'll be all right. I promise you. Natalie says something. She said, be not discouraged, is what her verse said. She said, so regardless of what the outcome was, think about what she said. Regardless of what the outcome was, she was good. Because she realized that the result and what happened next, didn't, it, it, it didn't pertain to her. He had to take care of it. She said something, and I think some of you guys probably missed it earlier, but she opened up with four things. That one of the things that I've learned was this, that if I can trust him to deal with the small things, I can trust him to deal with the big things. So as you go through your life, know that if you've called on the name of Jesus, if you know the name of Jesus, if you proclaim the name of Jesus, then you are a recipient of the blood. There was a blood transfusion that transpired. And when that blood transfusion it transpired, every condemnation that was inside of you, it was eradicated. And so there's nothing that your past can hold over you because you don't live there anymore.